Welcome to a new week of Ew, That's Creepy. Our theme this week is Deadly Love Triangles. And Jackie will start by discussing the relationship between Tammy Collier, Arnold Collier, and Chastity West. Warning, this story is brutal and will discuss horrific attacks on children. Listener discretion is strongly advised. everybody welcome back to the podcast Ooh, that's creepy we missed you we are back with a new theme and this time we are talking about deadly love triangles i need some drama so bad i just i don't know why lately the past couple days i've been (laughs) craving drama you need that tea that deadly tea I don't have any in my life, so I need someone else's that I have no part in to live vicariously through. Well, I will say this tea, it's very hot but in this episode, but it's it's rough. This is a really uh, brutal episode. Oh. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, this one, it's like a very juicy one, but it's a really hard one, too. So very, very, very much trigger warnings, all the trigger warnings. As always, you guys know. <laughs> As always. So, this one, um, there's a good amount of details on the actual crime in some parts of the story, but there's not a whole lot of details on the main character. Her name is Tammy Collier. There's not a whole lot of details, like, on her or- early life. Mm-hmm. She just grew up in Connecticut, so I'm just going to start basically where the main tidbits of this story start. So, Tammy Collier, all of her friends and family said she was a very, very kind and trusting woman, almost to a fault. I will say, before we get into it, this episode was on Twisted Love, season one, episode one, that, like, show that Khloe Kardashian produces. The show is pretty good, I will say that, but... They interview members of Tammy's family. If you want to see them, just talk about it. I'll say, go watch that episode. But her friends and family say that she was very kind, very trusting, almost to a fault that she just would not blindly trust, but she wanted to trust people. Tammy went to St. Joe's College in 1985 for psychology. One of her friends who was featured on the show She said they went to a club one night and they were just dancing, letting off steam because they were both very hardworking students. But, you know, they went to party as a lot of college students do. Go to Yeah, go to the club, party. Throw your hair around in a circle. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And Tammy met a name. A name. (laughs) She met a name. She met a man named Arnold. Uh, the two talked, and then they danced for a while, and then Tammy told her friend that she was actually going to stay, and that Arnold would drive her home later. So her friend was like, okay, Tammy, do your thing, Tammy. Exactly. Get it. Tammy, good for you. And so, uh, yeah, Tammy and Arnold danced the whole night, and 
he took her home and they started seeing each other after that. He went to Yukon and he had a motorcycle and an apartment and like when he met, especially if you're a college girl, that's all super cool, super likable. So the two did fall in love more or less. They fell for each other. The family said that they seemed very happy. They were very attracted to each other. It seemed like a good match. But in 1988, the two both graduated, and they decided to move in together and make their relationship more serious. But people said it was a little harder for Arnold. I think he was not as committed to the relationship, and he still wanted to, like, go out and be a a young man. Mm Mm-hmm. And Tammy and Tammy's friends did suspect him of cheating and being unfaithful. But everyone says that Tammy was just so sweet and wanted to see the best in people that she just wanted Arnold to be a good person. And, like, I don't... Put down, Tammy. I agree, but then it's, like, people online were, like, cutting up on Tammy, being, like, I mean, we could talk about more in the episode, just being like, why would she stay with Arnold? And I'm just like, you know what? Everyone can back off because I don't know why everyone crops on her when it's like, why is Arnold out cheating? Meanwhile, I can think of how many friends off one hand. Who, who have, I, who, yeah, I've done that before. I'm not even going to say anything. It's just hard. I'm sorry. When you're in that position, it's hard. So everyone cut Tammy slack. Right now. <laughs> right now. Jackie just came for you. I did, because it was really irritating me online, but I was not going to reply, obviously, because I'm above that. <laughs> just she kidding. She herself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, literally. I told myself before replying. <laughs> so, um... In 1989, Tammy found out that she was pregnant, And she just straight up told Arnold that she wanted to be married. Like, she was like, I want to commit. If I'm pregnant now and we're going to have a baby together, I want to get married and be more committed. And he agreed. And the two got married and they moved out of where they were staying in East Hartford, Connecticut to Windsor, Connecticut. Uh, October 26, 1990, their first child was born named Gerald. Uh, they were both very excited. Everyone said that Tammy was very happy. And after that, Tammy became active in the Jehovah's Witness faith. And a good amount of her family members were active members in the faith, in in the church. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. The faith, the church, whatever. They say it all differently. Yeah. (laughs) But among them in her family was her aunt Joyce and her cousin Chastity. So, and it's chastity, not chastity, before I cite it. But cousins said that chastity was kind. She was, like, kind of the younger cousin, but she was nice, and she was a good family member, and she taught the other cousins to not really, like, put up with anything from men and to make sure that they were treated right. They said she was very creative and just kind of, like, a pretty good person. So, Chastity and Tammy were first cousins, and Tammy started working. Um, when she, when Tammy started having to get back to work, Chastity helped her clean and started babysitting Gerald for Chastity. I mean, bleh, for Tammy to help her back get on her feet. I think I know where this is going. 
Yeah, so they said that Chastity was a, a, a flirty person, but she took a liking to Arnold, and she was a little more flirty with him, and she would just kind of, like, be around more when Arnold was around. They said that she would talk more sexy and look at him all sexy and just make sexy jokes and be all sexy and... Was she sexy? She's pretty cute. I mean, she's cute, yeah. I was just being sarcastic. The number of times she said sexy. Yeah, all sexy. All the sexy, sexy, sex. (laughs) Exactly. But Tammy was a sweetheart, so Tammy, like, didn't want to bring it up. But in October 1994, Tammy was pregnant again. And while she was pregnant at one point, they were at a pool party and they said that Chastity and Arnold were giggling and like playing in the pool together and he was picking her up and throwing her in the water. Enough that family members noticed that it was a little odd and that they thought it was kind of reaching the level of inappropriate. Yeah, Yeah, it was a a little, a little much. That's so awkward at a family event too. I know, that's what I was thinking. So, one night, Chassie and Arnold, I guess, went out dancing with others. I don't think that Tammy went. I'm assuming she was pregnant. And they said that, like, the bars, you know, close at one or two, but Chas and Arnold came back later than that, later than other people, I think around, like, three or four. What? So, Tammy did, like, think that Chassie and Arnold were having an affair, but, like, she just didn't want to bring it up or really like I think discuss it yeah actually confront him with it yeah so Tammy's second child was born on July 22nd 1995 she was a daughter named Lindsay at this time Chastity was helping out changing diapers doing all the things still but there was tension Tammy didn't ever accuse Chastity of anything, and she just didn't really want to accuse them. But there was one time in particular, another time the family members on the show, they were, like, reminiscing, basically, just of all the signs that they saw, and they were like, this was another time. They said that they were, like, at at the pool, and Chastity's bikini top, she was holding Lindsay, the baby, and Lindsay was, like, kind of pulling down her bikini top. You know, babies do that. Yep. In her breasts were exposed and Arnold was like right there watching and Chastity was just letting Lindsay like do this again and again and they were like Chast like Arnold's watching you and they said Chastity just like laughed it off and was like oh whatever so Tammy's Tammy's one friend at this point was just like I've had enough so she approached Aunt Joyce who was Chastity's mom And she just said, like, what the F is going on? She said, you know, Arnold's 32. Chastity's 21. Like, not only is Arnold married and Chastity is the wife's cousin, but this age difference. Like, Tammy basically told Aunt Joyce what was up. But Aunt Joyce got very pissed and basically said, how dare you? My daughter would never do that. The family said that. Aunt Joyce basically was, like, one of those parents who was convinced that her kids never lied. She never believed other people when they said that their kids lied, and Chastity obviously denied it, so nothing was going on. So, that was that, but this definitely started to cause a strain in the family, because 
Family members were mad at Joyce, too, now, a little bit at this point, for not nipping this in the bud and trying mm-hmm. to tell Chastity, like, you're only 21, girl. Don't sleep around with a married man, especially when he's married to your family. And Wait, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, did you say that was Tammy who confronted her or just Tammy's friend? Tammy's friend. Okay. I like Tammy's friend. Yeah, she's on the show, too. She seems so sweet. But I was like, good for you, girl. So... And obviously family members, too, are now, like, not liking Arnold very much because they know what's going on. Remind me again, and I'm so sorry because we're, like, halfway through. What is the relationship between Chastity and... They're first cousins. Chastity and Tammy are first cousins. So she is... Okay, And then there's Aunt Joyce, who's Chastity's mom. Gotcha. Chastity and Aunt Joyce were both members of the Jehovah's church and i think that's how they all started becoming a little closer and then yeah chas started babysitting and it came all into this okay gotcha sorry so tammy also had a she had she had a lot of um just family issues going on at the same time of this she had started to watch her younger brother danny's son danny jr she worked in um social care and she knew that her brother was struggling to raise Danny Jr., his son, and so she offered to help deal with the baby and watch Danny Jr. But, I mean, that's a lot of stress because her marriage was at the same time basically starting to crumble. One night there was a get-together um, at Aunt Joyce's house, and they said that Arnold and Chastity went, even though it was a couple's event. I don't know what Tammy was doing. By all accounts... Tammy is a sweetheart, but this is kind of where people online were, like, you know, talking crap on Tammy. But still, let Tammy live. I don't care. Let Tammy live. But people at the at the get-together, I guess it was a sleepover sort of thing. Where everyone's sleeping in the living room. You know, big family sleepover. This family must be very, very close. But people went to bed, and at some point a family member woke up and heard, like, some squeaking noises... And turned around and saw that Chastity and Arnold were having sex right there on the couch. At the family sleepover. When everyone's asleep. And so this family member told somebody because it got back to Tammy. And this was finally the thing that pushed Tammy over the edge. She could not do it. She could not do it. Why are people coming for Tammy and not Arnold when he's literally <laughs> That's right. it really pounding is. at the family sleepover? <laughs> Taking the cousin to Pound Town at the family sleepover <laughs> in front of everybody. What is going on? I know. It was like, uh, people just are so quick to judge. I'm like, shut up. Judge Arnold. Right. But that was enough for Tammy. So she initiated a divorce and Arnold moved out. And at this point, they tried to keep things just more under wraps. They're like, we can't have our family knowing all our business like this. But family said that Chastity started telling them that uh, she was trying to, like, take the blame and the fault off herself. And she did say, though, that she wanted to marry Arnold. But she said that Arnold did not want to move out of the area. And she wanted to move down south to kind of leave the family and put everything behind her and, like, start anew with Arnold. They've already planned their whole damn life together. Well, that's what Chastity wants, but Arnold doesn't really want that. Arnold is still very committed to his kids, and so he had told Chastity, like, I'm, first of all, not marrying you because of your family, and I'm not moving down south with you. 
But he didn't say he was breaking up with her. <laughs> so in 19... As most men tend mm-hmm. to do. So in 1998, Tammy bought her own house and she was divorced and she met a new guy. His name was Benjamin. And people said that it helped Tammy a lot and it brought back her confidence and started bringing back her self-esteem that had obviously been damaged during the affair. But they said that uh, things with Ben didn't last very long. He started to make odd sexual jokes in front of when her kids were around. And her kids are seven and two. So she was like, oh, what? What? Yeah. I'm going to understand. Yeah. Either way, she was uncomfortable, and she did some digging into Benjamin, and she actually found out that he was married. Oh, my goodness. So, she obviously broke things off with him. Tammy. Yeah, well, he, yeah, and another thing, too, he would, like, leave in the middle of the night. So, she obviously started to do her snooping, and she found that he was married, and she was like... Poor Tammy. Yeah, so, she, Tammy was having none of that, and she ended her relationship with Benjamin. She was very unhappy, well, she wasn't very unhappy. She said that Benjamin was very unhappy and that he was a pretty arrogant guy. So that when Tammy left, he was ticked mm-hmm. and people said he was pretty mad. On July 9th, 1998, it is the early morning and Tammy's children slept in her bed because they said it was storming that night and the kids were scared of thunder. So they slept on the first floor of Tammy's house in her bed She was asleep, and she said she heard the noise of what she thought was air coming through the door. So she got up to investigate and shut the door. When she shut it, someone started walking towards her and tackled her and put their hand over her mouth and said, shut the F up and nobody will get hurt. She said she heard somebody walk straight upstairs and then go to her bedroom. And then she says that they heard them walk or not in her bedroom they went to the upstairs bedroom and then came back down and went to her bedroom and tammy said that she heard her son say what are you doing and she like heard her kids both become unsettled and she was like you know starting to freak out obviously she said that the attacker and the man who was attacking her his hand slipped off her mouth and so tammy started yelling and was saying, my kids, my kids are there. And the guy immediately let go and says, I'm out. And runs out of the house. Oh my god! The second assailant runs out of the bedroom too and runs out of the house. So Tammy gets up and locks the door behind her. At some point too, she was able to, when she was wrestling her attack attacker, like pull off a watch she was wearing. So she shuts the door behind her and she runs into her bedroom she sees Lindsay standing up and blood is pouring from a wound in her wrist <gasps> Lindsay's only two years old oh my god so tammy goes to get a towel and when she comes back she yells to Jarrell, who she thought was sleeping to get up and when he doesn't respond tammy reached for him and turned him over and observed a deep gash in his neck tammy then dialed 911 and pleaded to the operator saying that someone had broken into her house and attacked her and that she said on the 911, I'll just read the 911 call. They almost cut his head off. Oh my God, my baby son, please hurry, please. He's going to be dead. My son is dead. I know it. And they said that you can hear Lindsay sobbing in the background and that 
Sorry, this is tough. Tough case. It's okay. So, that whole thing happens, and 911 come, obviously, pretty quick, but um, when they get there, they transport Gerald to Hartfield Hospital. They arrive there at 2.39. Sadly, uh, Gerald is pronounced dead at 2.58 a.m. He had... A laceration on his neck, and he also had lacerations on his forearm, and they were immediately above the wrist. Um, He was seven years old. That just... I, I, like, don't even want to comment right now because I feel like I will start crying, and I think that's obvious, so I will just let both of us try and pull it together and keep going. Kitties will gain their composure. I will cry or I will, I will awkward laugh, and neither will be fun for you guys to listen to, so I'm... <sighs> yeah, this is a... And I will say, like, the detectives on the case that they interviewed for the show were grown men and they like both had to stop because they were tore up by this case i hope to god they didn't think tammy had anything to do with this well we're gonna get into this whole thing so um Lindsay was also hurt she had a laceration to her forearm that severed a nerve to her artery so, she required extensive surgery and was in the hospital for, like, a week. And Tammy's infant nephew, Danny Jr., who was with them, was not harmed. And, yeah, as I said, Gerald sadly was um, pronounced dead at the hospital. I don't even... Th- I truly don't think he was alive when they got to the scene. I really think that he probably died right there on the spot. So... Uh, after Tammy called 911, she immediately called Arnold. So, just after this thing happened, I'll just say it right here and now, they tracked that call to Arnold's house, and Arnold was at his house, and Arnold was obviously devastated. So, from the jump, they pretty quickly crossed Arnold off the list. Because he answered the phone Right after it happened. Yeah, like, she called the 911 and hung up and called Arnold, and I'm sure it was freaking out. Mm. And they tracked the call to Arnold's house where he received it at 3 a.m., so. They also found a soda bottle with, it was a empty pineapple soda bottle filled with gasoline. Which, if you know, is making a, what they call a Molotov cocktail where you light it on fire and throw it into something and it explodes. So, there were ties in the area to, they said a crime had happened recently that involved gang members, and they said pineapple soda was a drink commonly drank by people of the West Indies around there, I guess, and that there was a crime in the area that was committed by Jamaican gang members that they said was a brutal, brutal crime, but they had found a Molotov cocktail on the scene of that crime, and there was... Uh, Molotov cocktail on the nightstand in Tammy's living room and she had said that the people smelled like gasoline. So people thought that Tammy's ex-Benjamin could have been involved because he had told Tammy that he was a member of the Jamaican gang and like had family in the Jamaican gang. So they interviewed him and he's very cooperative and gives a full rundown of his actions the day of the murder. Police are pretty 
easily able to check him off the list. He gave a good alibi, which they looked and tracked and everything is fine. So Benjamin and Arnold are both like checked off from the suspect list. So now they do wonder if Tammy is involved herself. So the detectives, they give Tammy a polygraph test about what happens and she failed. Oh gosh. So this is the only time I've No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say the only time. This is one of the only times I've ever heard a police say something like this where I was actually surprised. Because I'll say Tammy is a black woman. And one of the police officers who, like, did her polygraph test was white. So this is kind of, I was like, and this is the 1998. So I just didn't know. I got scared for Tammy. I thought they were going to press her. So they said that she failed the polygraph test, but the detective was like, I think that anybody who just had their kids brutally killed would be so emotional that they wouldn't be able to pass a polygraph test. So he said that he was using the polygraph test more of a tool to see if Tammy would cooperate with everything and less really cared about the results. Stop using polygraphs on people who just I had know. a traumatic life event. I know, but she failed, but they kind of don't really care. They're kind of just willing to override that, and they were more just happy that she cooperated, and she she tried, to be honest, so she tried. That's telling. Yeah, so that's what they think, and they're kind of just happy that she took it. So, on July 12th, 1998, this is a, a bit, a couple days after... Um, Jarrell was killed. The police ran a little article about the story and discussed the watch that had been found on the scene and they said what brand of watch it was. And they got a call from an attorney who said that their client wanted to talk to them about the watch. So, I will say the Twisted Love Show said that the, the client's name was Miguel Vasquez. I actually think that the show got it wrong and was mixed up about some of the people involved with the story uh i that person miguel vasquez is involved but i i actually don't think that's who they meant to talk about i think they were talking about alexis grajales that's who is referenced in all those court documents so if you watch the show and you're like what's jackie talking about i'm going off the court documents because that's obviously more like official yeah exactly so this guy Alexis Grajales tells his attorney that he, like, needs to talk to the police. And he goes in for a little interview on July 16th. Um, He went to the police station with his attorney there. And he told the police that the night of the murder at approximately 1.45 a.m., he was driving home to East Hartford from Windsor when he was flagged down by a man whose car had run out of gas he said that he helped the guy purchase gas at a nearby station and he ran into Chastity. He said that he had filled an empty uh, soda bottle with gasoline and that Chastity had given him like a cookie wrapper to put in the bottle because they didn't, she must have lost the lid. He told the police that. They helped the guy get the gasoline, like, into the bottles, and they gave this random guy the bottles, and then this random guy bought his watch from him for $150. They're saying this random guy at the gas station bought 
Grahala's watch from him for $150. Like he just said, hey, I like that watch, man. I guess so. So police uh, were sus. <laughs> they thought that was weird. They were pretty suspicious, and they decided to bring Chastity in again. They had interviewed Chastity the very next day after the murder, but she had said that she was with her parents' house where she lived. Uh, Chastity did have a job as, like, a nursing aide at, a, I think, a behavioral health place. She had a clean record, so it wasn't like they were sus of her, even though she was, uh, had an affair with Arnold. And Arnold and, uh, Tammy were divorced, so... Yeah, her what story, would be the reason? Exactly, her story checked out. So, the detectives call her in. They said, get her down here. She went to the police station on July 17th, and she was interviewed by Detective James McGlynn and Sergeant Mark Francis. One of them, uh, James McGlynn was a state, Connecticut State Police officer. Mark Francis was a Windsor Police Department officer. Uh, so you can tell this case was like a big deal for Connecticut. They asked Chastity to just tell us everything you did from July 8th to July 9th. And she tells her little tale and they say her answers are kind of changed. So they press her and Detective Francis uh, shows her the picture of Drell, the photographs taken at the time of the autopsy where his neck is basically slashed. And he stated... He said, who killed Jarrell? And Chastity said, I did. And the defendant, they said that, the defendant, sorry. They said Chastity then placed her hands, her face in her hands and said, what have I done? Oh my God. So after she said that, that's what police say. And they said that after that, they went to like check with their sergeant who said to read her her Miranda rights. And when they went back into the interview room, they said Chastity said that she had never confessed to anything and that she wanted an attorney. (gasps) So she was like, must have thought about that real quick. This manipulator. Yeah. So she was arrested, though, still, obviously. So on July 23rd, 1998, the police searched Chastity's car and they discover a blood-like substance on the front, front top portion of the windshield wiper control lever so they took the blood and sent it out for lab testing for dna and scientific results said it was pretty scientifically certain that the substance was gerald's blood oh my god so grahalas entered into a plea agreement with the state on july 27th 1998 they're moving pretty quick with this case by the way because that happens pretty quick yeah the police are doing a great job yeah they're really going ham on this case and under the terms of the agreement, the state said that he could serve, like, a lesser sentence in exchange for testifying against Chastity. Mm-hmm. And he obviously agrees. So, he was the main person against Chastity in this whole thing. So, the trial definitely unearthed more details. Prosecutor Rosita Creamer alleged that Chastity was so threatened by Arnold's continued devotion to his children and trying to make the custody arrangement work with Tammy so much that she was just so threatened by that that she felt the need to take his kids. They said that 
she often had parked her car down the street to make sure Arnold was not getting too comfortable when he dropped off the kids at Tammy's house. She called those that her missions. So she would stake out and make sure that he wasn't staying and having extra time. Staying at Tammy. too long at Tammy's house, yeah. Wow. Mm. At what point do you not look in the mirror and think about what you're doing as a person for yourself? Yeah. At some point, they said that Chastity made her teenage cousins go with her, and I believe, like, somehow got them to go inside Tammy's house and describe to Chastity the layout of it. What? Chastity also asked Arnold multiple times about the location of the rooms in Tammy's house that she had purchased, like, in August of 1997. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, she was obviously very devoted to him and she said that she wanted to move away and she got increasingly angry that he didn't want to marry her and that he wouldn't move away because of his children. So in April or May of 1998, they're not sure, but Chastney called Alexis Grahales, who was 18 years old and was the boyfriend of one of her cousins And she was, like, telling him about a job opening at the University of Connecticut Health Center where she worked. And during the conversation, she asked if Grahales knew anyone who had knowledge about explosives. And he was like, no. And then she just called him, like, more and more times over the next couple weeks. And had more kind of odd requests asking if he could get a gun and if he knew anyone who would be a hitman and it's obviously like getting a little worse. Grahala said that Chastney said that she wanted to scare Tammy and terrorize her and basically wanted them to like commit a robbery on Tammy's house. Tammy is done with his I know. I know. Tammy has literally moved on to Benjamin like what don't you get? Tammy has had him, tested him. She doesn't like it at me. Yeah. She's bought a new product. <laughs> she moved on. She threw that one out. She has a new one. She doesn't need it. So she approaches Grahalas and asks, says she'll pay him $4,000 if he'll enter Tammy's house and just basically F things up and vandalize the home and kind of like beat up Tammy but not do anything bad. And he agreed. He understood that they were going into the house, vandalizing it, scaring Tammy, but nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. So, on June 7, 1998, Chastity and Grahalas went to a department store and purchased a flashlight and two pairs of blue coveralls to use in the burglary. And then a couple of days later, they asked to... Chastity asked one of her cousins to check and see if Tammy had put the house key in her daughter Lindsay's diaper bag where she usually put it, and she did. So Chastity was able to take this and somehow make a copy of the key, so she had a copy copy of the key to Tammy's house. This is so conniving. Yeah, so conniving. So the night that she planned, she planned to burglarize Tammy's house on July 7th, and that evening... She called Grahalas and told him that she was with Arnold, but she couldn't leave. So she told him to buy a rug cutter with the one that had the adjustable blade. And so Grahalas, like, went and bought a box cutter. And then the next evening, July 8th, the two spoke on the phone. And Chastity said that they could go forward with it that night. 
that they were going to, like, meet up. So they met up at, like, 12.30 that night. Chastity called Grahala's, like, six or seven times on his phone, which they obviously had record of after they got his phone records eventually. Mm -hmm. She was like, make sure you bring all this stuff. Make sure you also bring an empty container, such as a soda bottle. And she's assured Grahala's that Lindsay and Gerald would not be at the house because they were spending the night with their grandmother. So they met at a shopping plaza where the two had, like, met before. They filled the bottles with gasoline. And there's a video surveillance that shows Chastity at 2 a.m. on uh, gas station surveillance footage. So they leave the gas station and they park um, at a department complex that's down the street from Tammy's house. And they walk to her house. They put the blue coveralls on and they make masks from a pair of nylon stockings. They put latex gloves on, and they're, like, ready to roll, basically. They, Grahala said they entered the residence. He said the kids were sleeping, and Tammy got out of her bed. When she was awakened, Grahala's overtook her, tackled her, pinned her to the ground. But he said that when he heard, like, the kids stirring and whimpering, and he heard Gerald ask, what are you doing, he took his hand off of uh, Tammy's mouth because he was scared, and when she started saying the things about her kids, he was like, I, he didn't want any part of it. And he ran out. Like, he truly, from the jump, didn't think that there were going to be kids involved. So, according to autopsy reports, Gerald's neck was cut by a sharp instrument that severed his trachea and partially severed one of his jugular veins in his esophagus. Jesus. So, he truly was, like, almost beheaded. It also revealed that a compression of the neck was caused by some sort of ligature which the medical examiner determined the cause of death was a combination of the strangulation and the sharp force to the neck. They said that Chastney most likely strangled Jarrell with the cord from the base of a cordless phone that was in Tammy's bedroom which they found draped over the pillow on the bed that Tammy said was not there when her and the children went to bed. The prosecution also argued at trial that it had to have been someone who knew the family because Danny Jr., who wasn't one of Tammy's biological children, was unharmed for, like, no reason. They believed that because Chastney had talked about burning, like, burning down the house and trying to set fires and stuff, that Chastity had planned to set Tammy's room on fire with the Molotov cocktail that she brought. They also said that they believed that that night Tammy had met with Arnold and he had said that I believe they thought that he had told Chastity that the children were going to be at Tammy's house that night and so that is why like she told that she chose that night. That's so horrible thinking that Jarrell knew his babysitter Someone he grew up trusting his whole life was about to do this to him. That really just, like... Okay, not his whole life, because, you know, maybe they weren't close his whole life, but No, I think it was. I think it was his whole life, which does make it even more tragic. That is one thing that you are an evil person to take advantage of a child's trust like that. Evil. And strangling a seven-year-old and slicing his neck. Like, you are straight-up evil. And doing, attempting to do the same to a two-year-old. Literally. And I, that's one thing I forgot to mention. Lindsay did have marks on her neck, but I'm assuming that 
Chastity went to kill Lindsay, and that was when Grahalas was like, I'm out, mm-hmm. and she just left too. The police never recovered the coveralls from the scene, but they found a receipt for them in Chastity's uh, pants when they, or it, regardless, it was in her bedroom when they searched her parents' house. At trial, she admitted to purchasing the coveralls, but she claimed that she purchased them for her brother to do yard work. And Chastity did have a good amount of people who testified on her behalf, but it was all her family members who said that she was with them the night of the murder and had left at some point between 2 and 2.30 to go get everyone food from an all-night diner, but there was no way she could have done it since she had gotten back, like, before 3 a.m. But I will say, Tammy's family member said that Joyce was, like, one of those people who would, like, always... Ride or die for Yeah, her ride child. or die for her kids. So it kind of makes sense if Tammy's other siblings... Or not Tammy, if Chastity's other siblings were kind of like that, too. And, you know, we're not even saying she's intentionally lying. I feel like when you want to believe someone's yeah. story, you could easily convince yourself, like, no, she, I remember that night, she was there. Definitely. So, Chastity said that, yeah, she had been asleep at her parents' house and that she didn't do it. And she said that the police had stated to her, you killed Gerald. And she said, I did? like a question and not a confession and that the officer said right after that I'm going to use that statement against you why even why would she even have responded I did yeah and there also was I believe um a notice of rights form that was initialed by Chastney I believe before she like did the interview with police she said that the officers had put their hand over her hand and forced her to write her initials, which I'm sure happened. I'm sure has happened in history, but seems a little too coincidental to me. I agree. So she was found guilty. There was um, a trial, a separate sentencing phase, because they did want to sentence her to the death penalty, but they found that she legally did not meet all the requirements for the death penalty, so she was sentenced to life in prison. In 2005, she appealed her sentence on five separate grounds. Uh, I, I'm going to mention this part a little bit because it's it's relevant. So, she wanted to say that they should have allowed testimony from a detective within the Connecticut State Police Crime Unit who had collected things from the crime scene who said that there had been a fingerprint analysis from the Molotov cocktail. The fingerprint that they were able to get off of the cocktail didn't match any of the parties involved, which that much is a a little weird. But it also makes me think that they bought it at the gas station. I was just going to say that. You can't prove that to anyone when it's been in public how many times have you gone in public and picked something up and saw something else and put it back down and didn't even have anything yeah. to do with it yeah so there was also dna on a door jam and dna on the second floor bathroom door that contained unidentified fingerprints and the defense maintained that this was like an unidentified person and that it wasn't chastity it was like this other attacker who went with Grahalas, but it wasn't Chastity. But 
the so, so the trial court when this was the actual trial, they sustained the state's objection that this wasn't relevant. And so Tammy appealed on that grounds because she's like, I think that is relevant. But the appeal court said, no, honey, this chastity, that's not relevant because the house had been here for 25 years and two random fingerprints and a half random palm print on one spot in the house doesn't mean that it's the intruder. The court basically said that, like, it could have come from anybody in the house. Anybody. They don't know if it was days old, weeks old, months old. And to speculate and try to find all the possibilities to figure out who it was, the court wasn't going to do that. They weren't having it. So, I'm assuming Chastity's original defense was that she was not there and that um, the attacker did it with someone else. So, during the appeals process... Her lawyer actually made the claim that Chastity had told the lawyer that she had some sort of deep-seated hatred for Tammy because she said that her uncle, Tammy's dad, had actually molested her and actually abused her as a kid. I mean, this was never, like, brought up in the trial. This was never really mentioned before. The only time it was really brought up was by Chastity's lawyer in appeals. So I'm not saying that that claim is true or false. It's just an interesting little thing that Chastity claimed that that was kind of another reason that she had some deep-seated anger towards Tammy that was even more than just her anger about wanting to have Tammy's husband, basically. And that does kind of make a little sense because what Chastity did was so brutal and vicious that I kind of want to explain it away. But then that could also just be Chastity trying to diminish her sentence and get a lesser sentence by saying that. But either way, that was what Chastity tried to claim on appeal. So, I'm glad you said that because her original story, like, she kind of admitted her hatred for Tammy and said that she recruited Grahales, but she said that he kind of had said that he was, like, really good at burglarizing and that he was, like, an expert burglar and that him and a friend would do it. And so, she was like, no, I was never there. Like, I wanted him to burglarize, but I didn't want him to kill. So, she did acknowledge that she did want him to burglarize burglarized yeah. his house. Uh-huh. But she didn't say it was her and she didn't say she wanted them killed. The court dismissed that though and they just said that's those ha- those fingerprints aren't relevant enough. It could have been anybody. So, no. Mm-hmm. Chastity also tried to claim a couple of other things about like the scientific evidence that was used in the case, specifically some sort of microscopic hair analysis uh Chastity's defense was saying it was like junk science and that they shouldn't have let this thing about the microscopic hair analysis in. They had found like a microscopic hair on a tank top in the bed and they said that like a piece of DNA was recovered from it that could have been Chastity's DNA. But the expert witness who testified kind of said that it wasn't for sure and they couldn't exclude chastity but they couldn't certainly say it was from chastity 
So Chastity claimed on appeal that they shouldn't have even let that expert testimony in, but the experts, or I mean, the appeals court basically said, well, it's up to the jury. They they don't have to believe what the expert testimony says, mm-hmm. so... I will give her that. They shouldn't have let that person be on the stand. Well... But at the same time... Well, the kind of science had been used pretty frequently in other cases and stuff like that. It's kind of just like one of those things where it seems like it's not something the jury... Like, that wouldn't have been the deciding factor to the jury. And they're right. I mean, I think juries can tell, though, even when there's something like science-y, they can tell when it's not that good of evidence. It's just unfortunate for Chastity for her to try and appeal when they had so much different circumstantial evidence to... Who else would it be? And she's not even saying it's random. She's saying it was her accomplice. And that almost, to me, makes it even worse. Because who else would have been with him? Yeah, and there's a lot more to the story. I think they're kind of trying to say that. The person who I said the show says is, like, the other attacker. uh, His name was Roberto Marquez. He was 20 years old. And... He had gotten arrested for his involvement in the crime because he had actually said that Grijalva's, the day after the murder, told him to get rid of a bag that contained clothing that they had worn the night before and that he did dispose of it in different dumpsters. And he was arrested for that, so I think the defense was trying to kind of say, like, oh, it was them two, but, I mean... They don't have a reason. And I'm really. sorry, Grijal- another thing, too, Grijalva's returned $3,000 to Chastity. Like, it seemed very much that he did not know that that was going to go down and he might have wanted to make a quick buck in a burglary, but he wasn't like, that's, that's the thing too. Like, why would he not give up other people? He was so quick to go in there with his lawyer and basically give himself up. Like, why would he? Why would he? Very and, true. And Tammy, like, basically said she really doesn't, she's not even mad at that other guy. Like, he only got six years in prison, but he did completely testify against Chastity. They never, I don't think, would have really gotten to the bottom of it without his story. Yeah. So. It would have all been circumstantial. Yeah, Tammy wasn't that mad about it. And, I mean, there was, like, they found the receipt for the blue coveralls. In Chastity's pants, they found Gerald's blood on her windshield wiper. Like, I'm sorry, it was her. They have her at the gas station with a bottle. I just, I don't want people thinking that because there was some things that said it couldn't have been her. Like, who else would it have been? My heart truly just breaks for Tammy, and I do agree with you. Who else could it have been? If it, Who else had the motive you know, the gang activity and things like that was already ruled out. And if anything, if it was gang related, they would have stayed and, you know, burglarized, had their way with her, things like that. You know, exactly. It just doesn't make any sense that someone would murder children and not the parent and not even attempt to hurt Tammy. Exactly. It doesn't make sense that they would go right to the fact that they went right upstairs to the kids normal bedroom and that they weren't sleeping there because it was thundering that night and were sleeping with Tammy they went right back to Tammy's room went right for the kids and left the baby that wasn't Tammy's biological Tammy and Arnold's biological baby like come on now that and you know what 
even if it wasn't for some weird reason, if it was two people, they were still completely acting out what Chastity wanted them to do. You can't tell me that she didn't tell them to go in there and get the kids when she knew Arnold's whole plan and when he was dropping off the kids. So true. Like, I'm having none of it. And I'm trying to even think if the police framed her or something like that, but they didn't even suspect her until after. She was interviewed right after and they let her go, you know? so Exactly. They weren't even going to really get on her case until Grahala's testified over the watch, so... Right. And that was another thing. They found the, the DNA... There was obviously DNA on the watch and it was connected to Grahala's. And that's just another thing, like... It's not like Rahala's is some random guy that Chastity met, too. That's her cousin's boyfriend. It's pretty easy to connect them to. And it's so funny. She's, she got her cousin's boyfriend to do that for her. Meanwhile, uh, her co- you yep. were the cousin. Uh-huh. So, her family on the show, I would recommend, if you like this, to totally watch. It's Twisted Love, Season 1, Episode 1. Tammy talks on the show, too. Is It's pretty good she's pretty composed she seems like just a completely kind person like people were saying but her talking about having to make that 911 call was really really tough a tiny piece of my heart i think broke during this episode and forever is embedded in tammy for the yeah. things that she went through I yeah can't it's either. really it was really 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 sad a really sad story thinking that your cousin who raised your kids could do that for you over a man. That wasn't even yours anymore. No, that wasn't even Tammy's. They were divorced. Like, it's really heartbreaking. It I'm just really is. Send so much love and energy to Tammy and to this whole family. Even Ugh. Chastity, like the aunt and everything, Chastity's yeah. mom. That's horrible to be involved in this whole thing. I'm sure she looked back at the pool party and stuff and thinks, why didn't I just yeah. somehow separate them? So, for the whole exactly. family, I'm really sorry. Yeah, Tammy, yeah, was just talking at the end of the episode saying that she, like, can remember the last time that Jarrell, they were singing and stuff in the kitchen. Oh, oh my god, I can't, (sighs) It's rough. I... We're sad kitties. That was horrible. Now sorry. I, need, I need to pick a story. I'm that so sorry. Yeah. All of the murder of an innocent But child. I had to pick that story because not that many people are talking about her. And I've heard some rumors that they might make a Netflix documentary about this or something. It just makes me sad that really, like, nobody has talked about the story. And I mean, yeah, shout out to Chloe Kardashian or whoever to finding the story to begin with. Because Gerald was seven years old and he deserves to be remembered still. And this story deserves to be told. I will only back this Netflix documentary if Tammy's okay with it. Literally but same. Jarrell deserves to have a story be told. And honestly, it's not even fair to Arnold either. Yeah, he cheated and yeah, he's the reason it happened. But nobody deserves to get their kids slain like that. So true. I can't believe I didn't even mention Arnold. My heart breaks for him too. Because you know he thinks it's all his fault yep. at this point. It's really heartbreaking. But Tammy is still working in social care. So good for her. Arnold is still working in, like, banking industry as he did before. They're both still in Connecticut. They have their Chastity, daughter. Yeah, she's still... Lindsay is at the end of the very... Is at the end of the show. She is stunning. She looks so beautiful. And, 
yeah, Chastity is in jail. She has a blog, which is really annoying, talking about, like, rights of people in jail, which that much is good, but it's just annoying because it's her. And, yeah, that's it. She's in there for life. The story is really, really, really sad. But I just wanted to tell it because it's not the typical love triangle and it's just so sad that the children had to suffer over this. I'm not even going to keep talking about it more. Yep. You guys know my opinion. We'll just leave it. I do hope that you guys still like the story and we I will put a huge trigger warning at the beginning, that's for sure. Yeah, we will because this story was tough. So we're sorry, but we also want to pay homage and remembrance to Gerald and just to Tammy's strength of even to continue to move on after something so horrendous. Mm-hmm. So let's just say a prayer and send all of our love and energy, Tammy and um, her family's way. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Thank you guys so much. I'm sorry it was rough, but I appreciate you guys listening. And show all your love to Tammy and her family. Yep. We'll see you guys next time for another epi. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.